could jankily make your own playlist with your CD tracks, you know, it was stuff like that. But the let the, the lettering on it was gold instead of light blue. I remember my dad laughed and goes, we're paying 50 bucks for gold ink, but we bought it anyway. And that was like one of the few times in my childhood that he was cool about shit. If something costs a little more than he told committed to me prior. Hey, so. computer guy. Fingers up for dad. What's up? So I turned on this dumb shit computer mm. and I went to task manager because in 1998, that's what you did when your computer was running slow. I remember I those days. That still works. So I went there. 124 background processes. Is that normal? That's not unreasonable. It, it, I don't, I don't honestly don't know enough about windows on desktop anymore to tell you, but it's not Apple unreasonable guy. at all. I don't I know bet. what to do. Any 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 modern operating system is going to have a shit ton of processes running. So really, 125 is not many at all. I don't know what to do. I don't know what any of this means. I just the the computer is not running well. Do I sound okay? How do I sound? You, you sound, sound fine. Great. And I was going to say, I mean, you, your person, you look wonderful, but I f- feel like your camera is super high quality right now. So one of, really? those, one of those processes is making your camera do something nice. So this just is for an example, Jason, I have 497 processes running right now. God. Now, now it's 494, but it, it's different. It's a different architecture and it probably forks more processes. I don't know. I don't know now, much about Windows. How many of those 424 are pornography related? <laughs> zero it's my work computer dude you know how you said you were you, you paid for can't, gold you can't cross the streams you, you got to keep church and never stop me never stopped me before you, you know how you say you pay for gold and you he paid for gold lettering and it costs mm-hmm. like extra 50 bucks now there were other features but that was our joke between each other because it was i'm in dental stuff and we oh, do god hit the brad intro yep oh. can we hear about brad I was Thank whistling. You. I was whistling that the other day. Uh, and Maya, both of my kids are really into music, but Maya is the more rhythmically inclined one, and Layla's the melodic one. Maya caught me catching or uh, whistling that, and she was like bobbing her head, like, "What? What's that song? Yeah. It's a. It's an actual hook. It's a real hook, Cortland. It's if a banger. You bother, if you bother listening, I'm addressing you personally. I'm telling you that little that little phrase is a legitimate hook. It is. So I'm in dental, mm. and we do charge people like $40 to turn something gold, <laughs> to anodize something. Well, there you go. It's a, it was, it's a charge that we it, offer. It was an extra forty nine ninety nine in 1992 on a Sony shelf-top dual cassette CD player. There was, a, there was a period of like 10 years there where I feel like I bought the same... I want to call it JVC uh, CD player slash two speaker combo. And it Mm -hmm. had like the dual tape tech player and the three rotating CDs on the top of it. And that the, the speakers didn't connect to the receiver. So they had pretty good uh, extension. And if you uh, got the one with the long speaker wire, you could really do whatever you wanted with Mm -hmm. those speakers. Yeah. Yeah. But Mine they had little it, tabs yeah, where you reason, could 
click it on or you could take them off and move them around the room. Yeah, for some reason it would only last for like two years and then the, the CD player part would get to where like it couldn't load CDs anymore or they would get stuck in the tray and I then you're buying like another one. Every CD player from that era anytime in the 90s i i mean even into the late 90s and possibly no beyond, i'm saying like this had is probably major, like 94 to yeah, 2004 i feel like they had major reliability issues there was just too many moving parts shit was always breaking and i know you guys based on the age we all are i know y'all had some form of a disc man and all those things did was skip you had to be like a runway model carrying it on your head to keep it from mm-hmm. skipping but we would, all spent uh, hard-earned teenage money on that shit. Would would y'all guys be into an intro? Yeah, hit, hit the intro. Human dance. Human dance. Human dance. Human dance. Human dance. Human dance. Human human dance. 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 Human human dance. Human dance. Human dance. Podcast. Human dance. Podcast. Human dance. Podcast. Human human dance. Get up off your ass. Human dance. Podcast. Human dance. Podcast. Human dance. Podcast. Human human dance. Get up off your ass. Oh your mom. 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 Tell your mom to listen. 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 That's right. It is the Tell Your Mom Get to Listen Boys. For the Human Dads podcast. Hey, can I take a second off the top here to address our loyal audience that I'm so appreciative of? Um, I'm not here to stop you, Jace. You seem pretty resigned to the whole damn thing. He's so. looking at his phone. Dude, I'm kind of lucky. Let me tell you. Let me tell you guys something before you get into this. I want you to know what I've been through today. So, let it go, bud. I'm back in yeah. the office now. Okay, so I cool. drove in, drove into to my office, which is in Westlake. In Westlake, Texas. Oh, dude, we got to get lunch. So I drove. That's uh, about a. F- from yeah, we, we get do. lunch sometime if you're going over. If you're coming over here now. Definitely, I meant to tell you that. So yeah, I'll I'll let you know. But so. Uh, that's a 45 minute drive. Did Easy. that. If without traffic and everything Easy. goes perfect is 45 minutes. It is. So I did that this morning and then I had a post work thing today because people mm-hmm. are back in the office and was like, Hey, let's get together. Did a little post. And actually I'll tell you, I'll tell you this story later. This is a crazy story. I'll tell, I won't get into it now cause we're going to get into Ryland's thing. But, and so I drove, I left there at six 40 Pulled into my garage about 7.28. Immediately went in the house, stripped down. Stripped the fuck down to the undies. Threw on the Moana dad shirt. Threw on the basketball shorts. Took the shoes off. The shoes were not coming off easy. The feet melded into the shoes. They're not used to this. Flip those suckers off. Yeah, you don't wear the kind of shoes to the office that I wear. No, no, I'm not in IT. And then I walked into the office to sit down with you guys. So 
there's I got a backup of messages, but you know what? You're the mo- you are my priority now. You're a hero. I appreciate you, man. Thank you for thank you. Yeah, why didn't me. you tell this was this was gonna be such a thing? You were like, Yeah, whenever I don't have a life. I and... love you guys. I love this podcast. I'll do anything for you guys. His I don't have a life is a content piece. It's not his actual life. He tells uh, us so... that when nobody's listening, Jay or Rylan. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> you go back and look when we're trying to yeah. set up okay. times for the shows. He's like, yep. I got Good zero point. going on. Meanwhile, uh, he gets ready at seven forty four when we were gonna go at seven forty five. Yeah. And I'm sorry. So where Riley, did you guys ahead. where'd y'all post game, Jason? It was at it was at someone's house actually. But oh, okay. normally normally it's that new place. What's that joint right down the road, that new one? Um Did you go to Sean patio? No, I didn't go to Sean Payne's. What's the with the big patio? What's it called? Ryan? Talking about H H G supply? H G supply, yes. That's the new yeah. go to. Or that the uh good high power joint, yeah. Or that um Chewy's right there in South Lake is a good one too. They used to yes. have back Lola's. in the day, bro, happy hour, they they used that end of a Cadillac and they open that sucker up and it's all you can eat free queso and chips and salsa. I know that uh, I have a funny story from college about my friends acting ass with the Chewy's happy hour buffet, but that's neither here nor there. Now, well, anyway, Mm -hmm. anytime you're happy hour and at HG, my buddy's still on the building for now or uh, want to get lunch, just holler at me. No, I wanted to address the audience just because uh, I actually did my first podcast in 2000 in fall 2005 sporadically about once a month for almost two years with my high school buddies and we made about 20 or 21 episodes uh and then i started doing mavs podcast at the beginning of the 2010 season really a few weeks before more in the summer and between all that i did over 100 episodes and now with you guys we've done 80 something what is this 89 90 six i think we're at 69 i think you're a little high (sighs) i could be wrong I don't know. Regardless, I've been I've done a lot of this. Episode 85. Okay, I've done it a lot and um, I'm not I get continually worse. And I just want to tell everybody, thanks for riding with us. Thanks for sticking with me. Uh, I should be way better at this by now. And I'm not. So I appreciate y'all. It's getting to where I can't even listen to myself. Um, (laughs) Is there something that is there something that you did particularly bad last week? No, I I just feel like I don't understand where this is coming from. I just feel like I'm not half the time. I'm not going anywhere, but not in a funny way. It's okay to ramble now and then, but I'm not doing it in a funny way. I disagree. Um, Can I give you all one more little quick hit? And then you, Brad, you can take us where you're usually like to take us at the beginning of the show. I think that this is nice and thematically strong. If you're saying, you're not going anywhere, but we're just going to keep going, throwing you the ball here by okay. all means. <laughs> I didn't think no, of it like that. I, no, um, do what you want to do. Yes. I don't, you, I got, I got nothing. You're the one that said, hold on. I have notes. I did say that. I so say please that. carry true. us. Uh, we've all, we're all dads. That's part of the point of the show. Have you guys spent a lot of time uh, observe, watching your kids carry stuff? Like I when have. they. When they pick something up to carry it, whether it's to put it away or to transport it in some administrative fashion, not to use, but to carry something to accomplish some type of administrative task. Why why do they carry? Why do they grab it by like the most most likely point that they'll drop it from and then hold it, hold it by the top 
and then try to carry something else and then make no attempt to put anything under their arm, put their hands or arms under the objects. There's no, there's, it's all impulse. It's all id. It's no planning whatsoever. Uh, I just noticed this like so glaringly the other night that I knew I had to ask you guys about it. Is it a, are my kids, do my kids need occupational therapy or is this everyone's problem? I, I will, I'll try, man. Uh, I have seen my kid, my youngest, Carson, southward, walking around with a pair of scissors so haphazardly that I was positive he was going to kill himself if I didn't say something. <laughs> like, there's no worse way to carry scissors than he did. It's literally the most dangerous way to carry. He could have done it, and not only the, the like most mouth dangerous. Mouth open, and he's yeah, holding like, one of the shears. Open. He was using, him to, using them to scratch his eyelid and yeah. running. <laughs> holding one shear, the other shear pointed towards his face. The worst, po- like it, not only he's the like, worst. I got, I got allergies, and he's itching his eye with the no. tip of the scissors because it just gets right in there. Not Picking only his nose. Not only the <laughs> most dangerous way to hold the scissors, also the least convenient. Like the hardest that, way to do point. it. That's my point. Yeah, they make it intentionally difficult. God, it's they're so stupid. It, it's they, they have something in the back of their brain, very deep in the stem, that says, "I don't want to carry shit. Shit should be brought to me." Mm-hmm. It's just the way it's got to be something hardwired. And it blows my mind. When Maya was barely old enough to go up the steps where we would be asking her to carry things going up the steps. So she's two and a half. Carry your, she's got a cup in one hand. And we'd say, please take your whatever, whatever piece of clothing, whatever, take that with you, go put them up. She would look at you with a straight ass face. Two and a half years old, holding a cup in one hand and go, hands are full, and just keep walking. Unreal, man. Unreal. Your hands are not full. I'd, I'd like to say learning how to carry things is is a sign of growth. Because I think about it like even as <laughs> like we uh, have problems over here. <laughs> but like think about it from your perspective, like just your experience. And I think about the things I would attempt at, let's say, age 28 in an effort to save, what, like 30 seconds in some instances? And now at 41, I'm like, I don't need the 30 seconds, and I know how many times it's gone poorly by trying to overdo the carrying or overdo, uh, you know, clamping something under your arm while also trying to open, open a doorknob. I've done that enough times to where now... Like, what are we in a hurry for? You're not saving the time. You're certainly not saving the time if you got to clean up a mess. So I do think learning how to carry things is a sign of growth. And I say that in reference to my kids. When you talk about just carrying, like, trivial stuff, there is very there are very few things more defeating than spending 17 hours folding laundry on a couch and then asking your children to transport that laundry from wherever it was folded to How wherever it should go. Ask Why would me. you do that? Why would you do that? We we don't even ask them to do that. Courtney will take the basket and put it up in the hallway by their rooms and say, "Guys, just go put your clothes away." That's all she needs. She's asking. Yeah, very but little. over here, man, it ain't and even gonna make like six feet. I know it's horrible. It's not that they, it's not that they won't do it. It's that when they do, it's that. They're carrying everything like like an armful oh. of banana peels. 
Like, you just spent your time, like, folding it here, folding it here, making it, it look like it this. It ends up in, like, it, a ball, just wrinkled. It, and it, But even before it gets to the drawer, it's fallen seven yeah. times on the yeah. floor. Why do you fold it? Just... I, it's a good point you make. Really is. But as we the, have this the, the little one. That's what Courtney's doing right now is folding clothes. It never the ends, little man. one. It's all we do. Has the biggest. Yo, okay, so it's combine week, right? Or it was combine week for the NFL. And did you, you, you've seen some of these like highlight lift videos where these dudes will get all pumped and they're like hitting their shoulders and they're talking to their dude and they're talking to the strength coach who's motivating them and they're about to go burn out, so burn out just a set, right? They're going to go do it and they're getting themselves hyped. All right, so that's my five-year-old, okay? When it comes time to carry something in from the car, he's like, watch this. I'm going to do this. He's like getting himself hyped. Four seconds later, he's got a bad back. <laughs> a hernia, a broken foot from something he dropped. The the acceleration to I'm going to do this into the deceleration of I can't do this is uncanny with that dude. Yeah. Do you, that reminds me of uh, another angle talking about his injuries. Do you have one kid in particular that's the one that every superficial pain is the end of the world? I don't have that. I have kids who, my daughter, if she gets injured, her reaction is extreme anger towards everyone around her. (laughs) So, for example, if she stubs her toe, she hates everybody. Like, don't, don't ask her if she's okay. Don't give her a hug. She's like, F off. F you. I mean, she doesn't say that, but she's, that's her, she's like, I hate everybody. Don't touch me. I'm so mad. That's her reaction. So there's, that's to me is worse. I would almost rather have a kid that's like, hey, console me, like hold me, like make me feel better. Cause I can do that with her. She just wants to be pissed off, hurt and upset at the same time. Damn. I guess we're pretty big coddlers over here. <laughs> Cause they, they had, they had right towards some infection. If, if, uh, Something is hurt, especially like a stub toe situation. We, I we have, know that's a, a big stop down. I'm a, I want to I'm a habitual toe stubber, by the way, personally. I still will fuck around and stub my toe in the dark. I walk around in the dark a lot because Courtney goes to bed earlier than I do. Um, and yeah, I'm a, I'm a habitual toe stubber. So when Layla was younger, you know, she's nine and nine plus now. You know, but three, four years ago, she would stub a toe and get so, just like Jason is saying, very similar. Not upset, like crying, hurt, I'm hurt, but just really mad. And I finally yeah. had to break it down for her and be like, look, I stub my toes all the time. And we kind of made it a bit and she got over it. But I brought this up because the contrast, I noticed it tonight. We were at our elementary school, had an open house and we all went. And uh, Beating, huge beating. Yeah, I can provide a little color to that as well if you're interested. But um, we were leaving and, you know, Layla's a fourth grader now. Maya's in first grade. But this has been the same for both of them for at least three, if not four years. So I don't want to make it an age thing. Layla handles pain just age appropriate. She's gotten better year over year, you know, from freak out to less freak out to ow. Oh, shit, without saying oh, shit, you know. Maya... It's the end of the, if she stubs her toe on something, it's the end of the world. She requires intense parental intervention 
And then 90 seconds later, she's dancing around. So it's the inverse curve of Shep's uh, confidence meter and then injury meter. You just flip that. She goes way down. Somebody has to. There's tears. There's noise. There's literally a scene. Yeah. And then, okay, I'm back. I'm walking. I'm acting hurt. Okay. Let me, you know, you could count to 50 and then she'd be in the parking lot doing hip hop dance moves or some shit. Are the, uh, what do we call it over here? Are the, the boo-boo ice and a band-aid still impactful for no damn reason at all? The ice, minor, 100%. Band-aid is kind of falling it. off. Yeah, minor pat. They absolutely used to be. When they were your kid's age, If you every injury was, can I grab some ice or can I get a band-aid? Just every time. You already know. You already know that, yeah. like, that I don't even see an open uh, skin situation. I don't even see an abrasion. Looks like it probably hurt. Let's put a Band-Aid on there. <laughs> Magic. That's how we use ice because sometimes Magic. it might actually help if it's, but when we just sense that emotion starting to take hold, we just say, hey, hey, go get some ice. Some ice will help it. And man, that's all it takes. Mm. Jace, are we going back into the workplace every day now? No, not every day. I think we're still still kind of hybrid, hybrid situation, doing a little bit of both, a little work from home, a little go in the office. But I love being I, – I, listen, I need human interaction. I got to have it. Like I'm – uh, I'm an extrovert. and I'm a weird extrovert in that like I need – I do need to be around people. I need that interaction, but I also like to be alone. Like I like to like to recharge alone. Um, so I like being in the office, but I don't think this is ever, I don't think we will ever go back to the old days of like five days in an office ever. Well, and I was going to ask you when you were talking about it earlier, you said 45 minutes is a good, a good one way. That's 90 minutes of your time that you're giving up that we've proven you don't have to unless there's a really compelling reason. And I used to be office every day guy. Now, I've finagled it to where it's usually been close to me. A lot of times I've been involved in finding the location for the office. So that's part of the reason why I've always been office guy. But I think I mentioned this to you guys before. When I went to work from home and we were in between leases, I realized that way back in the day, I used to have my own office with a door, which that really, you got to be, I'm not enough of a big shot for that. You know, you mm-hmm. got to be a big, big shot these days, you know. And I realized, though, how much I preferred that. Oh, Brad has his own office with a door. Should have gone into dental. Should have. Yeah, it's, it's not that pretty, though. Just, the just so we know. It's do, a, you, do you have a cat hanging off of like a rope that says hang in there behind your desk? And No, not at all. Do you have a unicorn? I feel like my my de- my office is kind of uh, like detentionary. It feels like a detention center almost. So There's you a don't big have window windows? where I have one big window, but it's like everybody could like peer in to like observe me. You is know what tra- I mean? Like it's a trans, like-, like it's a transom, like it's a pie. No, it's like uh, it's just like a. It's like if you were outside of a cell looking into a window, but the window is just nice and open. It's just clear glass. There's nothing on it. Like in a is a in a prison facility, there would be those little yeah. etched yeah, yeah, yeah. metal linings or whatever. And then when, I have a wall of windows out into a parking lot. 
that you could see. But I have my own door. I could close it and nobody's in there with me. So you know what I bet that was? Is there a large open area adjacent to your office? Uh, Yeah, just outside. I'm, I'm right okay. by the entry. So I've seen this before in one of our offices we had in South Lake had an open area where we had a lot. We ended up putting a lot of cubes, but it had a few doored offices off to one side. And one of them had a window like that. And what that was, we moved in there in 2006. Some kind of uh, Viking office systems or whatever had been there before. They had a call center there. That was for the call center honcho to look out the window at the call center plebes to make sure they weren't screwing around too much. Just think about I how, feel like this, it's, how, like, how like gross that is. This window does have some sort of like observation purpose, but right. we don't That's have that, for, that floor plan set up anymore. Right. Yeah. It's probably got moved or changed over the years, but that's probably what it was for. Started was out as, yeah. For somebody to watch somebody else do their no, job. No, I wouldn't doubt it. That's kind of what it looks like. What do you do? I watch other people work. Well, there's yeah. two, there's two we offices a, like this. We have a systemic on each side of the, the buildings. And so it, it, there's oh, tons okay. of floor between them. That's all oh, that yeah. would be between them if it was a call center or something that required that kind multiple... of supervision. Yeah, there's been changes to the floor plan probably. That just strikes me in the talking about what Jason just said in in the in the hindsight now of that we are, you know, have the fortune of using especially what's happened the last 2 years, some of the ways we worked were not very smart, you know. But I am office guy. I get the uh, I get the value for sure. I think it's a situational thing though. I it is. But I I need it. Like it's little shit. It's little stupid stuff that make me ha like having lunch in a cafeteria and not walking to my kitchen and eating lunch at my desk. Like Waffle that. Bar. Uh, no, but today Melon my, bar. my standby toast. I mean, my I, every morning breakfast I get Texas toast, Texas toast and turkey bacon. That's my go. It's dude. It makes me so happy. Is that is that is that provided free or do you have to pay? Uh, a little bit of both. They give us actually like a, a stipend every day now. Um, see, that's that that changes the equation a little bit. I haven't yeah. worked in an office that had a cafeteria since twenty mid twenty twelve, but even then, typically I didn't really want the food there. It was the third option between bringing what I really wanted from home that was already paid for, or having the time to go somewhere I really wanted to go in the middle of the day. Even if it was just a drive-through or something, the, the the indoor office cafeteria was because you, you had to pay and you felt like you were getting it wasn't super cheap. I'm sorry, it wasn't super expensive, but it wasn't cheap enough for cafeteria food. You know, dude, our cafeteria is stacked. Like you can go in and order a burger that they will make for you right on a, on a griddle. You can get the sandwich station. They've got like the specialty foods. They got pizza every day. They've got the whole nine yards. So. It's not like you just have to pick the meal of the day there. You've got full on. Yeah. There's a Starbucks in the office. So I like that. I just, it. I don't know. The whole thing is, I like being there. I, I know not everybody I does it. and I'm fine with it, but I just like, I enjoy being around other people and shooting the shit and seeing, no, I, you know. I do totally get it. And I think that there were, in years past, there were aspects of my actual career that benefited from that environment and being 
physically around people that were doing different things oh, that were yeah. adjacent or, or just, you know, everyone working better together. It can actually be beneficial to how you work. Um, but, sure. uh, you know, there's just so many, when you have the ability to work from anywhere, you as the employee have so many more opportunities. So I have a hard time now. I'm kind of struggling with, well, should we be in a situation, a society where we offer more opportunities to more people by making more positions remote or, you know, or not? Yeah. Well, listen, the, the thing is the, that's the direction that employees are headed. Like people expect that now, like you can't get good top talent yeah. in a company unless you're willing to do that because they'll go somewhere else that is. Yeah. And so like, you just have to adjust in like the days of having these giant leases and these giant buildings where you just bring everybody in. Like those days are gone, dude. It's way too competitive. Uh, it's too competitive of a marketplace, which is good. There's a building in grapevine off, off 360 close to Glade Road that I actually helped our company draw the floor plan for half of that building because we leased 8,000 square feet of that building in 2009 and we signed a six-year lease. Six, yeah. listen to the words coming out of my mouth, six-year office lease. I mean, we got a good rate on the rent, but six years. And within 18 months, we'd been bought and we were vacating. Speaking of vacating, we have just there lost went, one Jason. of the human beings. So we got uh, bought and the company that bought us just ate the guarantees on that lease like they were nothing. It's just I just feel like that's something that would not happen in a thousand years today. I feel like office spaces are bloated and unnecessary. And I didn't do the six years. It was 2009. I know that's a long time ago, but. I didn't do the six years. That wasn't my part of the process. So I don't want anyone to think I would ever, even then I thought six years sounded excessive. And I feel like we're a tremendous, this is getting way into the weeds here, but we're a tremendous growing area and everything. <laughs> Real estate talk. Here but, we go. But pick, pick whatever major suburb you want because you know, that's like a uh, Freakonomics came to town. What was that a month or two ago and did a, a couple episodes on everybody's moving to Dallas, Fort Worth. Right. Yep. And they were talking about how Dallas is is pretty threatened by all the suburbs courting all of these corporations that have national and international presence, uh, but they're courting them to, you know, come to Frisco, come to Plano, come to McKinney, Allen, Addison, all these suburbs. And Dallas is having a hard time competing. And I'm like, I, I get that. And that is true. And that is happening. But pick a lot of uh, of the suburbs that I just talked about. There's a lot of available space. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of available office space in all these places that, yeah, you know, we're the first wave of this that happened like 20 years ago. And, and now, now they're just empty. It's, it's, uh, it's different. That's for sure. But at, Jason, did you have a potty problem? He had a little diarrhea. No, I don't have diarrhea. First of all, I don't ever, I don't go to do. I never have in my life. Yeah. <laughs> You've never had a number three, or or you don't to do at all. I don't to do at all. I'm a I'm a it's lady. fascinating. I don't know. I'm a lady. Hopefully, my sound <laughs> stuck. I don't know what happened. I had to restart. You sound everything. great, but I mean, you still I, sound great. Do you, like you have my recording and stuff. I don't know. Whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it starts over. It, it'll just be yeah. two recordings, and I'll have to find a way to sync it up, and it's a real big pain in the ass. But you know, we'll figure it out. Do you guys want to hear my story <laughs> about today? I do, but just to close, I want to say 
office on office talk, I'm excited you're going back into the office, even though you're losing your potential hour and a half every day because we can maybe hang out and get lunch or oh get a drink after, that's, after work. That's a huge that's a huge benefit to me. Like that that exact type of thing. And yeah. I don't mind dri- dude, I really don't mind the forty five minute drive. Like I actually really like sitting in my car or get some time to your own thoughts. Yes. Or like calling somebody. What do you what do you do? You you westbound George Bush there all the way to the one. Oh no, no. I go so I hit seventy five, go right down the six thirty five express. Six thirty five express right out there to get off at the airport. One twenty one, hit that bad boy, and then r- cut that right over to one fourteen, one fourteen all the way home. Um There you go. Okay. So at six thirty five Express make you feeling like making some some death defying decisions, hey, doesn't it? You got it? that right. Down there acting a damn fool. You got that right. You know what? Pushing ninety five, not even thinking about Actually, it. Actually, the funny thing is, I think I paid like ten bucks a day to take that highway. Uh, yeah, I'm never. I only mm, ever sure go on it not. from six thirty five and seventy five to where it ends at the airport. Yeah, it's a lot of money, so, Ryland. And my work pays for it, so I never see the bill. Oh, ho, ho. must be nice. Listen to all these well, work flexes. He's just sliding into the conversation. When you drive tonight. as much as I do, they can take care of your well, toll yeah. bill. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, me and Rail are going to have lunch at some point. Maybe it meets you. Jason, you, tell uh, us are a you, story. You, you exiting Kirkwood, or are you exiting the uh, the thing that's a Westlake Parkway? I hit that, that. what is it, Dove? Is it the, is it the not Dove. What's the one? It starts with a D. Before all it the. It have to be Dove. Oh, Davis. Davis. Boom. By the uh, Starbucks, the funky Starbucks drive-through. Yeah, Jefferson Davis. Yep. So let me Probably tell you. Is. Let me tell you a little story. Speaking of work, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you this story, and I think this is a really fa- I hope this comes across as fascinating as it was. I hope you feel the story the same way I felt it. So, uh, the other day, I I have worked in this group, and I, I won't say where I work, although Brad has doxed me in the past, but I've worked at this company. Um, for a long time. Speak clear. I, I will pull the footage where you've said it yourself and, like 19 times. And I have worked with the same people for a long time. So I've, I mean, almost 10 years I've been with these people in very close proximity. Uh, you know, we work together every day. We become friends. We know each other's families. Like, we're very close. Like, again, that that's just kind of the way it goes seen each other pass out in toilet stalls i have to call them i have emergency services yes i can't believe i told that story well anyway i thought it was weird that you shared the guy's first and last name i did not that's your bit uh (laughs) so so we i found out a a couple a little while ago we have like kind of a group text or whatever and I found out one of the one of the women that I work with, um, she had breast cancer a couple of years ago. That's not funny. Why are you laughing? Yeah, why are you laughing, Ryland? What's I don't get it. Do you want me to bear trap you guys about my aunt and cousin nope. that? Oh, uh, way to go, Brad! Nope, nope. The ones whose patriarch of their family just died recently. Oh my god! I told y'all the guy is so insensitive. Fred. Fred. Tom. Tom. Can't get the guy's I'm just name fucking with y'all. We're not that kind of people. We don't get butthurt about that kind of stuff. So she had breast cancer. We're, cool. we're a cool family. We don't. We're cool. It was obviously, as you guys know, breast cancer is a bad thing. Uh, it obviously kills Agreed. a lot of women. And 
she got through that. It's something like half of them are like super damn dangerous, right? It, it yes, and she made it through and came out. Uh, and she was in remission and doing fine. And then I and then we found out. So she she re- tells the whole group the other day, "Hey, listen, I was having some other health stuff go on, and I happened to get an X-ray, and I found they found some spots on my liver, and they've told me that." It's not good. Uh, they're they're not on our operable. Liver? Yes, they're not operable. They're definitely malignant, and they're uh, they're metastasized, meaning that the the cancer didn't start spreading. There. So uh, they're going to do a biopsy to kind of find out at what stage we're at. But I I think at this point it's probably the end. And so I've known her for a long time. Horrible news. It hit me super hard. She's very upbeat, very religious person. And she's like, listen, you know, she's probably in her 50s. Uh, She's like, you know, if it happens, it happens. Her kids are young. They just had little babies. Horrible news. Um, So today we said, hey, let's get together after work. She's going to be there. Let's give her some gifts, kind of kind of care package situation, kind of be there with her. She had her biopsy yesterday. So we're we are all we all meet and we're having this little get together. Had a little mini cheese cheesecakes. They were delicious. I love the mini cheesecake. Uh, like mini cheesecakes. Little little nugs, some nugs, little nuggets. Okay. Um, some cheese and cracker, a little spinach artichoke dip, I believe. A lot of wine flowing. I was a DD, so I didn't drink at all. Uh, what else? What other snacks? Oh, chocolate chip cookies were legit. Excellent job there. Uh, Feels like a weird detour okay. we're making. So anyway, here, but okay, good food, good snacks. Why are we getting the entire and menu she, about? She did have Chick Fil A sauce as an option with the nug she made. So super. Oh, man, I do like some dude. Chick-fil-A I sauce. sat right next to the nug tray, and I was just dipping nugs left and right, like tearing them up. Why everybody's like, uh... so anyway, we're in the middle. Lady has cancer. She has cancer. So in the middle, I went and bought some gifts for her. I got like a candle and some nice stuff. Shit I would never normally buy, but I went and got her something nice because she's a dear friend. Uh, and then so we're in the middle. We're, we're having and then she kind of walks off like she, she gets a phone call and she walks off and she's taking a phone call and something's going on. And then she goes outside and starts taking the phone call. And she's got she definitely looks like something. I don't know. And we're all kind of just, no one really notices, but we keep talking to each other because there's several people there. And she comes in and she kind of gets everybody's attention. We're all sitting around a kitchen island. She gets. She do the little tap on the glass. Kind thing of, with kind the- of. And she gets everybody's attention. She she says, uh, guys, you know, I'm very religious. I truly do believe in miracles. I think good things can happen. Um, and so immediately in my head, I'm like, she's about to drop the bomb. Like it, it's over for her, you know, like stage yeah. four, it's spread to other organs. Exactly. And... Like we're at the end. And so she says, so I know miracles are real and I, I'm very strong in my faith. I just got a call from the oncologist. The biopsy came back. I don't have any cancer, not one cancer cell from the biopsy. Well, that's incredible to hear. How about some good news for once? Really, that's... That's great, but I want an explanation, lady. I bought a candle. So I immediately asked for my candle back. (laughs) (laughs) Number one. Uh, What was the the scent? uh, 
I don't remember. I think I got one that said like Achiever on it. It smelled nice. I don't know. Okay. Smelled like success. But so I had so many things I wanted to talk to you guys about because can you imagine a doctor telling someone without definitive knowledge that they probably have life-ending cancer? She, they did. The doctor definitely told her that. That, that look, the biopsy is just going to f- confirm what I already know. So for two weeks, like she, she's like been planning her essentially the the end stages of her life. What mm-hmm. data do you, I mean, this is not maybe someone that you would ask this kind of question of, but what data did he have to base that on at the time that he could show her? The, the, and did he show it to her would be my question. Was, As a, If I was in her shoes, that would be my thought process. It was based on the x-ray and like, the, I, I don't know. I don't know how they, mm, fit, it, an MRI, okay. I don't know. I mean, again, you know me, I'm medical I'm a medical novice. You're a medical expert. Right. You know, I don't know these things. So I just couldn't. Be- so first of all, I couldn't believe having to go through. Well, I can't believe it because I've gone through this. I've told you guys that I had a scare where I thought I had cancer for a while. Mm-hmm. And so I've been through it. I know how horrible that is. And I can't imagine she had to go through it. But, uh, but then like, how do you just like, how do you like in the middle of your party where you're, it was kind of a death party. So then, like, what's the vibe? What, like, what song do we play next now? Like, <laughs> yeah, we went. Like, we, I will survive, or okay. <laughs> like, it was a very weird deal because then we brought right after she told us, we're like, here's this gift. No, stop him, me now. Here's this gift we got you. It's a care package. She's like, what? What is it? Shots, shots for everybody. It was so, it was just a weird. I mean, everyone's obviously super happy, but dude. First, I you have to acknowledge how awkward it is, because I think I would have. I did. Because like, did. like, what are we doing here now, Diane, Jennifer? You, you like, do because <laughs> you do that because it's a great joke to make and it's appropriate because it's a happy time and take advantage of the opportunity to be that guy. Oh, people were crying. Like there was crying, yeah. and I lean over. I swear to God, I lean over. You can make a lot of people laugh with some. Yeah, I leaned that. over quietly. And I go, "Do you think I can get the receipt back? Do you think I can get the?" <laughs> And we both, like the two of us between the joke, we laughed uh, while people were just crying. But uh, and then and then <laughs> and then there was a guy that was supposed to be there who's also very good friends with her, and he obviously knew this was going on, but he couldn't make the party. So I started doing bits. I said, "Hey, she. I wanted to let you know she got to the party and immediately died of cancer." And her last words were, "Where is Harv? Why isn't he here?" If I'm her, I would want to go get another test. Uh, yeah. But maybe she did all that and she is announcing this to people because she's got a level of confidence that, you know, do, there's no, we don't know for sure what the path she took to get to this point of making this announcement, do we, Jason? Well, I mean, a biopsy is the final yeah. word, right? Like they literally take the cells you out think. and they look it's at them. Yeah. Tissue, yeah. And if the tissue doesn't have any me, cancer, let me ask you. Then, let me ask you about workplace stability right now. Is everybody feel comfortable that they're carrying their jobs into the the second quarter here? Everything feels of course nice and solid ground. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz I got a lot I'm going on. I'm waking up this... early tomorrow because my homeboy in Bulgaria is taking a week off work and I need to check on something 
that I, I no, I'm at, at his for. workplace, not you, Ryland. I'm at, at his workplace. Oh, sorry. Are you suggesting like, she's on the chopping block now? I'm saying, did she feel like she had to make a play? Oh, like, this is some 4D chess. Yeah, like no. she for the next couple weeks, I gotta make sure I'm on this side of the radar over well, here. Well, dude, the crazy thing is, like, we were starting to make arrangements to like replace her. We're we're talking like, what do we do? Like, oh, we're gonna how are we gonna support her? When the announcement came out that she was battling cancer, people are bawling. It it it's a just the most incredible 180. And now we've got to like. We kind of act like it's normal. Like she's she's coming back to work immediately. What what responsibility? So like I've talked about it a little bit. Not my story to tell, so I don't go into all whole details. But I do live with somebody who was told they have a melanoma on their spleen, mm-hmm. and then the doctor went on paternity leave. I cannot believe that shit. So very similar situation. <laughs> okay. Oh and it my did not, gosh! Did not turn out to be that. Um, well, that's good turned out to be other stuff that's not you know she's still here not nearly as threatening uh but well like what because i i've partly been thinking about this because our guy's skin our guy's skin is like on his second week of radiation and i'm not sharing anything he's not sharing on any of his channels and his radio show and his dallas mavericks gig but like he he's got like i want to say in the neighborhood of two dozen radiation treatments on his 30 is it 30 couldn't remember if it was 24 or 30 but he's got 30 radiation treatments on his schedule which is not like even if your prognosis is good and you're upbeat and you feel good and everything 30 radiation treatments is not a little like that's not out of you that's not a walk in the park no yeah like i said no matter if everything is going well uh, that's still a toll and you know that toll has all of these like spreading arteries throughout your life right and so obviously he made his announcement and put out a, a letter and a statement, you know, weeks ago, months ago at this point, I feel like probably a couple months ago. But like, you know, he kind of had to do that because he has like a public profile and it has turned out to, to be something that is worthy of this much treatment. Right. That's a significant amount of treatment. We all agree. And I so I've thought about this, like, you know, if I got sick. Like, how do I how do start? You pub- how do you publicize your lifestyle well, pu- change? But like, just start telling yeah. anybody around you. Like, I don't want to talk about you... it. Well, it's not even like, I don't want to talk about the theoretical or what it could be part. I'd like to hear the really bad news and then start sharing. You know what I mean? Or almost get to the treatment plan part and then start talking about. Uh, yeah, you, you you need to know for sure what you're dealing with before you put that shit out. So that's why I'm so, not it, the idea of having to keep having to maintain a sort of public information office for my medical status, for the benefit of my family and friends who care a great deal. Sounds like such a burden that honest to God, like if something was happening to me, I wouldn't, I would keep it to the least number of people possible because I wouldn't want to have to maintain. Yeah. Feeling like I needed to keep everybody because again, you you do it and people are going to care. Like you know, That's, I got a buddy. So I got, we all got lots of buddies. They're going to care. They're going to be concerned. And so then I'm it would definitely it, telling. I, would, it, I don't want to have to be all like constantly updating people. And every time I see somebody, they're like, "How you really doing, man?" Uh, 
I don't know. That's me though. I'm weird. You guys know I'm weird about medicine stuff. I, you know what? I, the flip side, the inverse of that is there's numbers of times I've been wanting to text skin and I think it's a supportive thing. But the other part of it is like, I don't want him to have to like, I don't want to like him. beat him down with like having yeah. to constantly update people on, with his status. Right. That's you know what I'm saying? About, that's why I'm afraid of telling people if I'm, but on the other hand, if, if I know somebody, you know, they don't even have to respond. I just want them to know I'm thinking about them. It's yeah, I think thought, people appreciate know? that. I think that's, so the that's part what I'll, I'll do. I'll just, I'll just hit him with, I'm thinking about yeah, you. That's you the part I, I want to ask. A, how yeah. are you doing? Right. Hey, will you tell him I said I wanted... that too? Cause I don't have his phone number. Will you tell him Jace? Of course. Jace, Jace yeah. is thinking about him. Definitely. Big, big Jace. Uh, I was going to say this and I'm not hating on your coworker. She sounds oh, like here a he goes. person. I cannot believe the woman just found out she's cancer free. Go, Brad, go ahead. Ripper. This is such a Brad thing. to it do. It is, I am dude. Not, I am not going to tell you guys at biopsy face. Do you know what this is? This is Rylan telling me that the cord's showing after I got a new TV. That's what he's doing right now. <laughs> He's 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 doing that with he's just he's just shitting on something that she, anyone else would look at and go, hey, that's great. She's cancer free, and he's going. She shouldn't have told you that she even had it because. Wait, let's to be clear, she's been cancer free this whole time. Uh, well, she's had cancer before. Or do you think it's her? Do you think it's her contention that she did have the cancer? The miracle has occurred. She doesn't have the cancer. I think that she is. I think that she's saying the miracle is. Yeah, she called it a miracle. So I, I don't. I don't know what the miracle is. The miracle is just. Let's just leave it at that. The miracle is that she has good health. Which, by the way, I'm going to go ahead and say she is the majority. Oh, for sure. I think she is handling it the way. I am not trying to make any light of her situation i the way you framed all of this i think it's 100 percent fascinating and as a person who likes to be part of awkward situations i really wish i could have been there i enjoy these way more than i should and I, that's that's my tragic flaw okay everybody who knows me knows that that is one of my tragic probably my most tragic flaws that i enjoy emotional awkward too really brings me on home like i can't explain i cannot explain how much joy god what a demon you're such a ghoul no i think i kind of side more with you on this one brad there's certain types of awkwardness that i just okay speaking of awkwardness let me let me I want to get your insight on this because I swear to God, yesterday when I went to go pick up a gift for this gift basket, and listen, I'm not making light. I need to headline all this. I'm not making light, and I hope she doesn't listen because I I would hate to for her. And she won't listen, but I hate would hate for her to hear this. But when you're picking out a gift for someone that you understand will be passing away shortly, impossible task. What? The f- Dude, okay. I got her, <laughs> and he got the candle, a which candle, is the, the, which is the, the the topic of the uh, Saturday Night Live skit about passing the gift candle around. Like who? She won't even have time you to guys, use the candle all the way. Yeah, you, you guys have given me shit for for this before, but part of why I like the or part of why part I think a good part of the liking the awkward there is that 
I can kind of lean into these situations and not be afraid of the the consequence of like feeling the awkward. I I can lean in. Okay, you're a third party to the. Yeah, but I do think this is a situation that call that calls for the nice handwritten card or handwritten letter. Yeah, I should. I think that that was the play here. I know. Was to say as I reflect about our time together. I just want you to know A, B, and C, and here's what I've taken from you, and I can appreciate the exchanges, the experiences, and the, the ultimately the time that we've got to share together, and I cherish that. And, and by and, the way, I hope you like vanilla cinnamon-flavored <laughs> candles. Here's a kiwi mango here's, Yankee yeah. candle. That you'll, that you'll get to use for like a little bit of the rest of your life. Yeah, Which, you, won't even, it, you won't even use up the probably, candle. It probably, you know, you're probably your oncologist. One of the first things they tell you is to stop burning candles indoors. Well, dude, probably not good for uh, you. Other people were getting her like bottles of wine and stuff. I'm like, she may have liver cancer. You can't give her a bottle of wine. But if I, mean, I think if I'm, I'm, going well, if out, I'm, gonna, if yeah. I'm going out that fast, I'm going out drinking. Okay. Hey, I yeah. can't believe you guys haven't commented on my headgear tonight. I thought um, about it. I almost did, but Brad took over the show as usual. Like, I, Okay. It's ridiculous. You look a little fuzzy, or because it's dark. You're in the dark. He's got the. He's got like the Davy oh, Crockett. What there. are the the Canada, the Canadian? It's the car. It's the Carhartt. Uh, one of these toboggan. Isn't that what those with are called? With the ear flaps. These things with yeah, the it's ear got, flaps. You can go ears down. down or ears up. Yeah, I like that, man. I uh, good look for you. I don't even have to have the propane heater on out here. I just have this thing on, and it's perfect. Does that feel good uh, on the on the on the shaved head? Does that feel real good on it? Like just real cozy. Yes. Yeah, yes. When I was a nice. younger man, I used to have a similar REI hat, and you could tell at what stage of enjoyment I was by looking at the ears up or down, or if there was one <laughs> ear up, one down. They have a button you, on you the could, snap on the bottom. You can uh, snap it together to keep it my, you know, secure under your chin if that's important my comrades might have been able to notice if i was both ears up that things were about to get lit <laughs> i so like that i like I, that that's a good bit that was uh that was a fun little hat um I, I, I bought this because it was one of the when you have a halloween costume the details are what matters and this was one of the details the signature details in my old dirty bastard halloween costume but it's very useful so i've hung on to it that brings me to a matter of his cousin, uh, a man, Gary Grice, who went by the name, goes by the name Jizza, and he uh, had an yes. album called, called Liquid Swords. Indeed. And on, on Liquid Swords, they had a song on there uh, that uh, was called Labels. And at the beginning, it has a spoken intro, and the RZA says some stuff, and he says, you got to read the labels. And so I wanted to tell all the parents out there, uh -oh. That when you're looking at children's medicine, you got to read the labels. Uh -oh. And here's why. Uh -oh. um, Flonase, right? I speak to the truth Flo and the gospel. Flonase, baby, let's go. Right? Flonase. Flonase. Flonase Nation's here to represent. Yes, yes. Um, Can I ask real quick, are you about to say something about one of the side effects of children's Flonase? No. What I'm about okay. to do is tell you that Maya's allergies, especially with this heavy mountain cedar season, mm -hmm. have kind of been mirroring mine like when i feel it she's worse so 
I was like, you should start to do Flona. And she just turned seven. And I was like, you should do nose spray every day. It's really helped me. Dude, passing on the Flona uh, to the to the seven year old's a big deal. That's like so a I, I gave her the I gave her the spray just to see if she could give it to herself successfully. And she did. She's a champ. This is the same kid who thought thinks that, you know, stubbing her toe will give her death cancer forever until she gets an ice pack, like we discussed earlier. But she navigated the nose spray perfectly. And I said, okay, I'll get you some. So I started looking for children's Flonase. And they had two different kinds. And one was like super expensive. And it was authorized for much younger children. So I thought, well, I don't need to play in that space anymore. I have a 67-pound 7-year-old. So I'm going to just look at regular kids' Flonase. And I found regular kids' Flonase. And it was still at least twice as expensive as the stuff I get for me from Costco. So I'm like looking at it. And I read the label. Mm-hmm. I've been taught by the masters of Shaolin to read the label. You got to read the labels. And I read the label and guys, children's Flonase and adult Flonase is the exact same shit and the exact same dose. Whatever unit MCG is, micrograms maybe, I assume, micrograms, it's 50 micrograms. Same exact drug. He is blowing the top off of Big Pharma right now. So go to Costco. To be clear, and get there your Kirkland is, Flonase. There's one that it's for two year olds, and it's yes. twenty seven and a half. And that's the one that I didn't get because it was more expensive. So you could go to like a two to even if you wanted two, to uh, go into adolescence 11 or with that. Yeah. Wow! But it's 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 twenty seven and mm-hmm. a half if you wanted to. It's yeah. a big deal. But then, but look starting, at Brad. I he's believe, read he's read the label. Yeah, Brad's read. The I think label. they they say four and up for the adult one. For the other, which one. is yeah. fifty. For and it still says children's and fifty for adults, but the one you'll notice, I think, when you look at those price differences, the metered sprays are in measures of sixty, and so one will be sixty and one will be one twenty, and the one that one is one twenty obviously costs a lot more. So you think that it was the uh, the kids one just happened to be a one twenty spray one? Well, yeah, but the, you, even when you're like looking for adults, like they'll put them on the same rack, and you just grab one, and you're like, "Oh, this one's one twenty, and this one's sixty. Like they mess them up all the time. Well, Kirkland, so you can, Kirkland only makes one one, so I just get whatever Kirkland hands me. But uh, no, I've looked at that too, and I will say, small qualifier, uh, the kids' flonase is good, but I think if you also read the label, you're not supposed to do it for longer than like sixty days at a time, and you should take thirty days at off. 30 days off because uh, I think there's some uh, growth concerns with the steroid. Really? Oh, so For my first, so my seven year, usage. so my seven year old that's bigger than I was in sixth grade. We're going to worry about her. I'm not going to worry about stunting growth, her growth. tapering off. Yeah, maybe her, uh, I th- her, I, you her said future read bas- her future as a basketball player could be in danger. No, that's a good point. Uh, but no, I read the labels. Uh, can I talk about my kids and not even my kids? Just kid situation? I guess. Yeah. I guess. So you guys know I texted you. This is stuck in my head. As Rylan put at the end of our text conversation about youth sports, that parents, even the good ones, take this stuff way too seriously. And I can relate to that. And I would tell you that I take this way too seriously. But I, I had an experience this weekend that has made me think like how this applies to other things in life. And it is essentially like the corruption of competition, which I know sounds all big and haughty and everything, but like 
uh, had an experience this weekend, first kids soccer game, five-year-olds playing soccer. And I enjoy a great level of competition and I'm very competitive and I try to instill that in the kids. But ultimately, I understand it's just five-year-olds playing soccer and I do want them to have fun. Part of having fun is probably not getting scored on and losing. Just I take that from the kids' reactions of seeing kids score goals. They're not usually happy about it. So that's probably something we should try to avoid. And they seem to be happy when we do score goals. So that's something we should probably try to do more. Right. Does this make sense? That's the way I view it. I'm not thinking we should be out here winning at all costs. We want to play the game the right way. We want to be respectful of the other team. We want to do everything that they say in the YMCA pledge. But that can be corrupted when competition becomes like the predominant uh, point for the whole experience. And the reason why I say that is we played a team who they're the parents on this team, a couple of them at least, put a great deal of emphasis on making sure their kids are the best soccer players they can be at this level. Oh boy. We the the one child uh just put a great deal of effort into the game, but maybe didn't experience the level of success that he usually does, or maybe he doesn't, maybe this was typical game for him, but we, we played them the last game of last season and we played them the first game of this season. And they were both very competitive. We got a pretty good little team for five-year-olds haven't lost a game. It's, it, it's a lot of fun, but they're really good. I, I'm not trying to be ridiculous about it. They go out there and they play like little hellions and they're good. And uh, this kid is five and can do all kinds of stuff with a soccer ball. I'm talking, he's going in, out. He's going left, right. He's putting it on a string. He's doing like the things you see the soccer players do in the commercials when they're like trying to show off. He's like really doing it. But what he's really doing is trying to be one person beating three. And I think that's probably what his dad encourages and I, I say, I think I know that because at the end of the game, I was talking to this kid's dad and I said, your, your kid is really good. And I should qualify the way I explained it to you guys. I might have made this guy sound like he was a, a bit of an a hole, but he came over with donuts for our kids because they had leftover donuts. And he was like, Hey, does anybody want to eat donuts? And so that was super nice and everything. And I'm trying to chat him up and tell him his kid's so great. And he basically like dismisses me. And tells me his kid should be good because he's had him in technical skills classes at the academy since he was three years old. Meanwhile, Brad is drawing up a contract behind his back as he's trying to get. (laughs) Yeah, he could be the kid's agent. So he says that, and I was like, wow. And he basically goes, and then he turns to me and he's like, and he says something along the lines of like, your kid's intimidating him. He's really slow. And just kind of walks off like he's just kind of like matter of fact, matter of fact, like dismissing that his kid is actually that good. I don't know. Maybe he was being modest. I don't. He it, has. It, maybe he's like, I don't know, dude. I don't. It uh, came off as a little arrogant to me. I just there's a lot of there's a lot of type archetypes in this world that I don't like. And overzealous sports dad is easily a tier one. Disliked archetype. The larger corruption of the competition, though, is I want to go out there and try to be 
cool with the kids and have a good time and everything. But something takes over when like a competitive button gets pushed. And what happened in this game, it's not just that that kid is really good. It's that the dads on that other side, they want to they wanna implement strategy that isn't necessarily honest and in the best interest of learning the game for five-year-olds. So if a ball goes out of bounds, you don't have throw-ins at this age. What you have are kick-ins or dribble-ins. And a lot of times, five-year-olds still don't understand the full concept of out of bounds, right? You see them looking around. They don't know where the ball went. They don't know who's setting up the ball. They're looking for guidance. What this guy is telling his kids to do is when the ball gets out of bounds, hurry up, pick it up, and start dribbling. Before anybody really knows what's going on, we're trying to catch the other team off guard by just picking up the ball, dribbling it in, and going, which is technically how professional leagues play, and I get that that will be the way games go as kids get older, but when kids are still trying to figure out the rules and still trying to figure out situations and understand what's going on, for you to train that as an opportunity to capitalize on people not knowing what's going on, it feels dishonest to me. It feels... Did, uh, did that change recently? Because I don't have a lot of team sports children experience at all, but I did coach, or not coach, but experience five-year-old soccer for one kid and four-year-old soccer for two kids. And they did throw-ins at that level um, for all of them. At the Y, they do dribble-ins or okay. pass-ins. With your, so the, one, to... the league here is aligned with whatever FIFA's rules are for each age level. So maybe the, the Y doesn't do FIFA. So, okay, that's, that's, is that, that's is one. You, no, but okay, but here's my question, though. Is, is a throw-in considered more sophisticated or less? More because More. they they don't they don't think the kids are going to be able to execute an actual throw yeah, you at this can't point. Like, I guess you can't let your feet come off the ground when you do it. They're rules. Yeah, you got to keep your feet on the ground. Yeah. You got to put the ball all the way over your head, and you got to throw it in. Even my completely incapable of doing anything on on team sports kids both. Yeah, it wasn't ever even a. I I don't disagree with you because I think, uh, I think when we played surely when I'm we played in a, it right. when we played in another league. The throw-in was more uh, the way it went. You put yourself on mute. You put yourself on mute. Sorry, sorry. Um, when I ref, I actually refereed four-year-old soccer for a brief time because my mom so, thought it would be good for me to have a volunteer experience on some hypothetical resume that she thought I should have as a high schooler. And they did throw-ins even then. So okay, I'm just want to so make sure I'm not going crazy. He. He gets his kids doing that, which caught our kids off guard the first couple of times. But now I don't want them to be caught off guard. So I'm doing my level best at amplifying my voice and being a little bit more demanding in my tone to make sure people are in place. Right. And I felt like I didn't think about it and be like, oh, I have to do this. Like the competition just took over to where I was like, no, you're not going to do that to our kids. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to sit here and game it like that. So then we start to do OK. And this man puts a, changes his, it's three on three, okay? And he changes his scheme to keep one of his kids back to be a goalie. Wait a minute. It's three on you three? Can't, yeah, because the kids are tiny, dude. Y'all are, y'all, what kind of, dude, just get him in a real soccer league. 
I don't it's even YMCA. know. Why, th- dude, they're making shit up as they I've go. This guy, this guy has no business so being this serious. This guy has no business being this serious if they're not and, even playing five kids aside. We played well, five kids. We played. You don't no play go- five kids aside until they actually get to like six years okay. old. They're just the, making. This is they're a- just making. That guy has no. That guy. All I'm saying is that guy has no business being that serious. He's in a league where they're just kind of making up their own rules. Yeah, it's the way the YMCA does it yeah. across the whole country, and I think they've been doing it like this forever. I'm sure they make changes, but the three-on-three thing is I'm, that was going on when we played as kids at the YMCA for a pre-K league because they go by grade, not age. They don't go by year. Like the city league we play in over here goes by year, but the YMCA goes by grade to make sure that everybody's all within the same So you space. get all the, the kids that got held held back for – Social reasons that are six inches taller than the other so kids. He puts so in a goalie. Yeah, but you can't use your hands. But he all he's got this kid doing is standing in front of the goal to make sure, sure that their goal is never exposed. Right. Yeah, my kids never played old enough to have a goalie for sure. And it just it it took me to the point to where I was like, really wanting to be competitive, and not just because. Like, I still want the kids to understand that it's not all about winning, right? But then but I was a, stuck with, but we can't let that, yeah, we can't you let gotta that bury, win. You gotta bury Here's him. the thing. You gotta, you gotta look at it like this. The point of it is that it's a positive experience for as many kids as possible. And if you have people doing what he's doing, he's making it a positive experience for fewer kids for marginal to no benefit to his kid. So... It's okay to want to beat that guy's ass competitively because he's making it harder for you to make it a positive experience for the kids you're responsible for. But after the fact, it felt corrupt. No. Nah. Does that make sense? You mean on your part? Yeah. Like no. I, it felt Bro, like you're, I was. You're, you're, on the, you're on the side of justice. Right? Don't start nothing, won't be nothing. It's all, Dude, it's, you got you got to put him in a body bag. You have to. You have to. You have to end him. That, that, that's your responsibility. You have to. He shouldn't be doing that. It it ended up being a tie. The other note I wanted to make is that when they when they go to play like that, I can tell that winning is like the goal because even we noticed this last season when we played. Like, there's a lack of joy from the parents on their side. There's a lack of like out loud encouragement. There's like a lack of like. They're like all just put, waiting for the other shoe to drop. Putting out good vibes. No, it's like they showed up, and I think they're probably used to beating teams. Oh, and so okay. when you show up and you don't get to just do well easily, you teach your kids that you got to keep fighting and you got to keep being encouraging and you got to keep trying. And while they taught their what they teach their kids is this isn't good enough. Let's cross our arms. And then when it's time to talk, let's get over everybody over here and only talk about scheme and start pointing and doing this. And it just, I don't know, man, they, I don't know these guys, they could be good dudes. And you know, on the one point zero zero one chance that they hear this i haven't said any teams they would have to do some research to figure out who i am but they may be good dudes they no, just fuck they fuck they em. rob the situation of the joy no, to me we, they they deserve only the worst things in life just be less serious why can't people just have fun wait it did make me wonder and like, i love if you sports got your kid 
in a in an academy class like what are you doing is this just like off-season warm-up playing that's my, in that's, league? that's the point i'm making is that if he's going to all that trouble he's got no business in that league we didn't win it was a tie they're playing three on three because it's you. little kids which is maybe better than what fifa's trying to make everybody do when maya was playing four year old and under they had five on five no goalie and she didn't like it because she was pissed when anybody but her had the ball. Like that was it. He should have fought that dad. Honestly, he should have fought that. He did bring yeah. us donuts, Jason. I would have beat his That's ass. True. I would have everybody, but I, donut. Everybody loves. No, donuts, I would have slapped those donuts out of his hand. <laughs> I would have pushed him down on the ground, and I would have brought his son over there and said, "You see this? Watch what I do to your dad." And I would have beat his ass in front of his son. Can I tell y'all what what occurred to me that I would have think that I think would have blown up the whole situation. I wanted to talk to his kid real quick to tell him how to win the game. Cause I don't know what they're doing over there. I don't know what they're telling that kid, but if you put that kid on my team, he'd score oh, every other this play. This is what he was working towards this whole story. No, I, I just wanted I to tell him. To but it was I know, I know, I know. I know where he was he headed. He just spent yeah. the last 10 minutes setting us up so that he could explain how he was the scheming mastermind of all of no, it. No, it's not a scheme. That's what it is. That's that's so here's the difference. Strategic mastermind. No, 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 no. They they think it is about scheme and exhibition of skill. And I think it's about making the game simple for five year olds. That's a scheme. That is a but, you know but mine has much less scheme involved. Yeah, that's cool. If your playbook's got one piece of paper then and you can win, then you're the best coach. Which is what you really wanted to tell us here this whole time. Maybe. Hey, hey guys, do you remember when we talked about we were going to do an experiment where we were going to, Brad had found these CBD gummies. The volcano thing we were going to do? That they somehow snuck 2.5 milligrams of THC into and it's legal. When are we going to do that? I I took one already. I'm on one right now. Was it your and? first? Was it your first uh, voyage on that, or had you, had you sampled? No, I took one. Um, I took one the other night. Uh, Brad, can you remind us what's the brand of that? It was Earth something, or I don't know. Earth farts. I sent it'd it be, to Jason. What's it called? It'd be cool if you could tell the, for the listeners' uh, benefit. But um, early bird. Yes, early bird. Yeah, okay. So I ordered them at your behest and cuz I'm wondering how are they doing this legally? I've obviously made my made it pretty well known publicly that I have some interest in the laws around all this stuff for a number of reasons and uh the way they the way they get around it legally is that uh the Texas law says if you have hemp derived extracts they're legal, hemp as opposed to regular weed. And in order to be defined as hemp, it has to be under 0.3 THC by weight. Um, typical weed weed is like if just, just the plant is like in the 20, 20% to 30% range by weight. And so uh, what they do is they ship you gummies, but those gummies have a certain amount of THC in them, but they only represent 0.3% of the weight. So they're actually very dense little gummy cubes so that's and they're low dosage obviously 2.5 milligrams so that's how they're doing it is they're making them way more and they're dense oh. now, the, thing about, the thing about that is 
it was 12 bucks for what amounts to 10 milligrams of THC, four doses of 2.5. So it's it was 12 bucks for for 10 milligrams. In Oklahoma, you can get a 100 milligram bag for 20 bucks of the Jeez. real stuff. So that just gives you some idea of how the it's laws this, are messing up the the price. Well, why it's it's well it requires just as much ingredients to achieve the same volume of stuff. Um, so I'm sure that's why it costs that amount of money, but the the ratio of what's in it is different. And uh, yeah, so that's uh, so it basically is the same thing. It's just uh, less concentrated, so it would cost you a lot more to have what you know people would consider normal. So I too, Jason, tried one for the first time tonight, and I got to tell you, I'm not sure if there's a difference. If you can feel a difference, if I if I'm feeling anything, yeah, okay. But that's what I told you was going to happen. Like I, I do feel like I, my feeling is like a very much of a body, body high, a very body, body not a hot, but like a, re- a relaxed, warm kind of muscle body feeling, uh, which is what I love. Uh, I would say that's more consistent with what I've experienced. Because, yeah. like I said, the second time it just made me tired. Like just but, that level of relaxed. That's good though. That's that achieves a goal. So I wouldn't mind that. I kind of want something that will, you know. Would would you would you think about just trying three of them at a time, four of them at a time? Yes, I would because I've had more than that uh, THC wise in terms of. Uh, that's what when, I'm saying. In Your legal, tolerance when, I, when I'm in legal states, you know, obviously not in Texas. I'm a, I'm a good boy. I, I follow yeah, the laws. Yeah. You know, I think I took an oath. You know, I swore an oath in front of a judge. I, but. I think they do do fit the per like they do meet the purpose. Like I I and I I think this is nice. I think if you did if you were to do two of them, you think it would be substantial to where like body wise for sure. I don't feel anything like head wise. I don't have any like any sort of feel. But but yeah, like the relaxation piece of things. I'm very happy with this, and I think the that's the reason it makes you sleep or helps you sleep is because your body just like all the the tension relaxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's nice. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of like when you hit the zone. We've talked about the bed zone. The zone, yeah. It yeah, puts yeah, you yeah. in the. That's what I'm. That's what I want. Yes. See, you know what? I was a little low energy today. I was a little short on sleep, and had several you know calls and stuff. I wasn't up and mobile a lot today. I need to take one of these on a day when I'm pretty energetic and see how it makes me yes. feel. Yes. I because I that's what I want from something from that everybody sings the praises of CBD. I want I want that bed zone mm-hmm. where everything just feels so relaxed and warm well, and up the the yeah, dose that will, two next time. But damn dude, they were 12 bucks for a pack of four. <laughs> I need the Okay, uh, but the, I need Colorado but prices. But you're paying what? $15 for your six pack of mosaic? $14? Um probably 11.99. Okay, $12. But I'm not drinking uh I'm not drinking four of them every time I drink them. It's one thing to say I might drink four. That clearly happens a lot. But I'm every time I drink one, I may only just be having one drink that night. You so know? I'm not saying it could be a, a reasonable habit to have two a night at what what does that amount to? Five or what six is, bucks a night. Yeah. That, but In I terms mean, of the, is, the, the CBD things. Yeah. That's a beer. It is kind of beer level. Yeah, that's a beer. That's, yeah, it's beer level for me. I'm, hmm. None of my six packs are less than eleven dollars. 
Now that you break it down like that, I guess that's true. I don't know. I, but like I was telling Jason, I need to, I need to have a better uh, environmental control and make sure I've got a. I'm like super energetic and see. How I would say next feel. time. I would say next time, mix it with a few seltzers and you be. Well, I'm on my second. Uh, ten percent plus beer, and again, I'm not feeling any different than any normal human dad's night. What I don't like what is, is the this? taste. The taste. Sorry, no, this is eight percent. The taste. It's not. It's not very the good. Taste is. See, fine. I kind of. I you liked gotta, it. I like. You got to get I it like, out of your mouth pretty quick. I like. I like the way weed tastes. So. Oh, I don't, me. dude. I'm. The, I love the weed. I love the way smoke tastes. I hate the way weed tastes. I don't understand. You mean you you don't like the way it tastes if you have a gummy? I don't like the gummy taste. I think taste. he's saying the the gummy has a nice resiny. It, and I'm oh, very sensitive but, to the bitter so, and the it's it's bit. Yeah, okay. he doesn't like bitter. But I really like. See, the to smoke. me, that's a concentrated that's a concentrated version of what you get off the smoke, and so I actually kind of like it a little better because mm. at the end of the day, even though I I love smoking meats on my smoker, and that if I lived in Colorado, I would enjoy a nice little smoky smoke of the herb every now and then ultimately we all really don't like smoke itself you know it's always uncomfortable to some level but i do enjoy the flavor i love the flavor uh, so so it's cool to have the flavor without the smoke i think we can end on this but i just want to say like representative of our conversation that we had first when I was telling y'all about this, like how we don't understand how any of this actually works in the state of Texas, right? Like we were like, well, I don't understand how I can have the 0.3 THC and like that threshold is fairly arbitrary. It was like decided in the mid nineties, but none of us know, like, like if, if they, if, for some reason, if they wrote, if they were to tell you, like it says 0.3 on the package, but when they actually go to do their thing uh, in like, weigh it out or or like lab check it if it turned out to be 0.45 like none of us would have any idea like there's just no checks sure. that any of us feel like comfortable like saying what it is so like to hear the uh the hardline talk about uh britney griner getting caught in russia with like hash oil uh for her vape pens and like they were basically having the conversation that that we had on the podcast and then the conversation we had after the fact and then i think we even texted about like nobody knows what any of this shit like no it just doesn't it makes no sense how it can be so legal in a lot of places but then like somewhere like here massive place texas they're three fairly smart adults we're three fairly smart adults and it would even take some footwork for us to figure out what is what percentage wise, what crosses over to thresholds that then change something from a misdemeanor yeah. or what is a slap on the hand versus I've, what is an actual felony. I've spent considerable time actually reviewing these laws because when you hold office and you feel passionate about something, you find yourself compelled to do that. And but 99.99% of the people haven't sat down and read the things that I've read to figure these things out. And I think I said it when you hit me with the joke about the uh, Corby asking if hash oil was an opiate. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Which I dude. felt like was a step too far. He, that had to be a joke, right? Because no, I think Danny was the one who said it actually. Oh, then it was but, definitely a joke. So it was a step too far. It's definitely a joke. So regardless though, the, I, my response to that was, in truth, 
nobody really knows. Every mm -hmm. one of us knows someone that brought back gummies from Colorado sometime in the last five years or six years or however long it's been now. And uh, everybody's like, okay, ha, ha, that's cool, whatever. One molecule of that is a felony, a state jail felony, punishable for up to 10 years. Beyond that, they weigh everything. If you have, if you have one of those giant gummy bears like they sell at Valentine's Day that weighs a pound, and it, that thing has 2 milligrams of THC in it, they're not charging you for two milligrams of a controlled substance. They're charging you for a pound of a possession of a controlled substance, which escalates a felony. So that's on top of a terrible law and a terrible justification for it being illegal in the first place. They're going to put the screws to you and double down and say that the chemical, the chemical makeup of a substance or uh, changes something from a misdemeanor to a felony, but they're not going to bother to measure how much of it is in there when they're deciding how bad of a felony to put on your ass. And that's why I hate them all. Let me ask you this. Yes, go ahead, Brad. You're, you're, you're driving Before more than on this. You're, you're driving and you, you have a weed gummy and like, let's say you're like on you or you've taken you, one. No, you shouldn't you, take one. You're drive. carrying it. You're not. Okay. You're not driving under the influence. You've got of you're holding it in your hand. You got He's one safe. hand on your wheel, and the other is surrounding a weed gummy. No, you've got the. <laughs> it's in a bag in the glove box. You got a bag. But let's say you take one of your high dosage Colorado gummies, ten mils, and you put it in the the early bird bag. That is clearly sold legally in Texas and labeled with a certain number on it. Who How are they going to know? Who has the sophistication one to to take that to court and test, and two, who has the sophistication on the side of the street to determine what's going on there? So that's why when he, when hemp was legalized about two years ago in Texas, why there was a sharp drop in marijuana possession arrests in terms of actual uh, flower. Because at that point, prior to hemp becoming legalized, anything that looked or smelled like that plant was very clearly illegal. And then, that, and then they could justify processing it through a lab because let's be realistic. If someone's carrying something to smoke, it's going to be – weed weed and not hemp so it just it was justifiable then that every single thing could be run through the lab and tested well now or, or actually they really didn't even have to because even hemp was illegal now that hemp is legal they have to test it to know if it's hemp or not because you can't tell just by looking at it you can't tell just by smelling it it has to do with the actual concentration of the cannabinoid in the flower so they stopped really arresting people in most large counties for any kind of possession under, I guess, under four ounces or maybe under two ounces because it wasn't worth the time and trouble to process the test to deal with it. Unless the, if you, if they pulled you up and you had outstanding warrants, clearly they're taking care of you. Or if you had all a bunch of previous whatevers, they probably would, would deal with it. But if you're just Joe Blow, they're probably, they're going to just let you go. Um, and so now that these people are doing the same thing with these extracts, I assume because they're willing to mail it to your house and you bought it on the internet, I assume that they're all above board. But I missed the memo where the hemp legalization was applicable to extracts. 
maybe I just haven't read up on it because I kind of just haven't really but my done a lot of research. In ultimately, a few years. is like if you can't determine the difference, and I have a package with a label on it that's legally sold, like why why are we still living with the charade? Yeah, the I know. Well, you know why. I mean, I know why, but we we all know why. I feel like it's 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 inevitable. It yeah, it it's beyond inevitable. But I guess that means now you know you might not get in any trouble if you had it inside that bag. I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm going to call. But that being said, if I've got here's the thing though, I ordered on your behest, Brad. You told me to order a bag of gummies, and in the bag was 10 milligrams worth of THC, and there was nothing stopping me from eating that whole bag if right. I wanted so to. Stupid. <laughs> so stupid. Like, <laughs> no, it's not. But what my point is, is if I ate all that, hell no, I shouldn't drive. You know? Here's my thing, though, too, is like we so, ordered it from this place, but there's so many CBD stores on every yeah, corner. that I have no idea that this is that this isn't available right down the street from me. I just haven't chosen to go in there. Like this could be just right down the street. And at that point, if well, like it's, it's the extent to me, it's the same thing. Like if I had a growler of, uh, like in some parts of, uh, in some counties in Texas still, you can't sell over like 14.8 ABV beer. So it can't be considered an ale or a beer and be over 14.8%, right? But you can have beer, <laughs> you know, up to 14.8%. So let's say I went to Whole Foods and I got my Whole Foods growler and it's got my regular 12% beer. But then when I went over to Dallas County where you can actually sell the 14.8 beer and I got it filled into the same growler and then they were going to tell me like, but you can't have that in Tarrant County, but all they know is that it's beer. They don't have like Nobody something to check you. the gravity right there. Like, yeah. so why do we have the illusion that, that we can enforce this law? So I, I don't understand. Well, it's... Because if you're a little bit poor or maybe a little bit darker, they want to have a re uh, an excuse to railroad you. Some people may be offended by me saying that, but the statistics bear it out. So, hey, do you guys? Well, yeah, I mean, it's not white people getting arrested for weed. Do you guys want to take no, some? Of course not. Take some. I had a friend once who said the most the most brilliant thing of all time about flying home uh, from a legal state with something in her luggage, and she said, "I'm a 40 year old white woman. I am invisible." Yeah. And I was like, "God, dang! Thank you for that. That's so true, and we are too, to a certain degree." Maybe less so than a forty-year-old mom, but we're invisible too. It's uh, it's wild. Jason, what are, what are we taking you next? Want to take some Delta Eight next time. Try that out. That's I, what I was just about to say. Is Brad's discussion of what's at the store branches off into this whole Delta Eight thing? Yeah, they definitely I have. Tried, I, haven't, I haven't tried the stuff. I know people that have. They say that they really like it. They say it's per dosage a little a little milder and a little more chilled out than their experience with stuff maybe that they tried that was from Colorado or California or wherever. But I also think that that comes from people over every time people try an edible for the first time with me being like one of the few exceptions, they overdo it. And then they, they're like, why did I do that? And so maybe it's not actually, I don't know. 
but I'm also not sure how interested I am. I, I'm like, I'm crusading for the real stuff to be legal, man. Just do it for the show. Just so we can just so we can have a an excuse to pull people over and search their cars. Do it for the show. Hey, man, as somebody who started liking craft beer in 2008, when there was barely any, there wasn't any breweries here. I've seen the change that can happen, and then when it was a super big deal, like in 2019, that breweries got to start selling beers directly to go to customers to, to take home, like that was a law that nobody thought was ever going to change. Now, it doesn't have any of the connotation in all of the horrible context that weed has had throughout the 200-plus years of history of this country, but I will say... There was years where people were not very confident that we would even see those changes, and it happened. Yeah, right. No, it's inevitable. It's just maddening that it's going to take as long as it's going to take. And uh, when it does, I'm going to flip so many people the metaphorical bird. Gentlemen, it's a long one. I don't know if it was all that compelling. Uh, God, which well, we tried our level best. Why don't you I put that th- up front? Why don't you put that at the front of the show so people can decide if they want to listen or not? I mean, I wasn't saying that to degrade you two. I was no, saying that like, like as like being humble. I don't know if no. everybody's going to want to listen to it our was, hour and a half long. It was hurtful. <sighs> it was hurtful. Well, I'm sorry, Jason. You did good. I really enjoyed your story. I hope Diane is okay. I would like her to know that no matter how she took that, ultimately we are super happy that she's okay. And that is the guiding light and the takeaway there is that she's all right. Listen to him laughing. He's laughing. (sighs) It's 37 degrees out here, guys. And this Carhartt, this Carhartt Russell Jones fit has kept me warm without the uh, propane heater. So I'm or maybe you're warm excited. from the, the gummy and you don't even realize yeah, I think it. it's the weed. Yeah. Mm. I think it's the it weed. wasn't that much, though. But again, uh, I need the control for when I have more energy and I'm not sleep deprived. That's on me. For Delta 8, Rylan. <laughs> that is for not. Bracken, what, what's, what's the other one? Kratom, Jason? Hey, Kratom or was it Kratom? Kratom, hey, Kratom. Ne- next week or next, I'm going to do a, I want to do the Oscars preview next time. Okay. Okay. For Delta 8, Rylan, Kratom, Jason, and for Bath Salt, Brad. No, you're, 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 you're bacon grease, Brad, because that's all I can think about now when I see your arm just all bandaged up like a zombie bit you. Oh, bacon grease, splatter. Bacon grease, Brad. The Hawaiian Islands. Brad. Tell your mom to listen. We'll holler at y'all next time. Tell your mama today. Bring the bread. With the wink and the gun, tell her I yeah, said hey. Tell her I want to take her to seafood dinner. Tell her I want to take her to CeCe's. Tell her I want to love her. <laughs> tell her I want to go to Luby's with her. <laughs> tell her Tell her to wear pantyhose. Tell your mom. 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 Tell your mom to listen. Tell your mom to listen. Tell your mom to listen. Tell your mom to listen.